Can you explain what a pickleback is again? A pickleback is when you have a shot of whiskey and a shot of pickle juice. You shoot your whiskey and then you follow it up with some pickle juice. And it is delicious. And that is what we're sipping on right now. Shout out to you. Uh, you're on the little pickleback. And I'm on a little <laughs> tequila. I, I got to tell you, I can't, I can't say it out loud what I was going to say, but it was hilarious. You should have said it. Nah, it, it, it would get us in trouble if the wrong ah. person heard it. <laughs> okay. You know, speaking of things that to get people in, in trouble, I was listening to an old Nego song today. Um, and Quavo's in trouble. Yeah. No, not that song. But Quavo said something about going to uh, Chinatown, and then he used the uh, racial slur for Chinese people uh, in the, as like an ad lib. And I'm like, I don't think you can say that. Eat it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're talking about on Jackie Chan. I don't remember what song it was. I had I had my. He does it on there too, actually. I'm like, dude. I mean, I guess this was what 2014. No, I'm not to cut you off, but it it wasn't a slur what he said on Jackie Chan. But as an ad lib, he's like, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't want to say it. Yeah, I don't even. I don't want to bait you in saying it. But man, uh, uh, good to see you. I went out to Vegas, watched the Super Bowl. Man, how how was the desert? You know, to put it in the words of those bastards that do the Masters commercials, it was an event like no other. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Uh, or an event unlike any other. It was fucking amazing, man. Uh, I have the best rep, like, in all of Las Vegas. Shout out to Sarah. Um, she's hot, too. Like, I mean, that's just a plus. She's married and stuff. I don't hit on her or nothing like that. But, like, um, she is just really good to me, but I got free tickets to MGM's The Game watch party, which I think it typically is about because you have to buy it in section. There were about there were two different rooms in the convention center at the Aria. I mean, it had to have been in total. I mean, I'm talking twelve hundred couches, like you know, uh Obviously, a TV for every single one of those couches. It was it was amazing. Free food, um, free drinks, um, and like the food, it was something different at every station. So they had the home team stations where, like, for okay, for instance, with the Cincinnati station, what Cincinnati's known for is their Skyline Chili, which okay. is like chili with like spaghetti noodles or something. It was all right. It wasn't that bad, but like, um. And then, you know, for California, it's hard to really put something together for California. So they just basically had vegan. <laughs> they didn't um, put any tacos up or nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're burrito tacos. Uh, Edia tacos. Come on, man. You American. A little good media tacos. Okay. You know, I like some tacos, man. They should just have some good carne asada tacos, you know. Um, California, I mean, I, honestly, outside of Mexican food, I don't really see California having, like, its own food identity outside of you know, vegan food, <laughs> tacos. Are you laughing at what I sent you? Yeah, I'm. I don't. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna delete it. But yeah, we're deleting this now. But like, I just wanted you to see it first. Like that's that was sick. Give it out. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't even press to see more. I didn't even know. I, I didn't need to see anymore. Right. I, I, I my bad because I, I actually read it on here. But I wasn't going to display the comment because I thought it was pretty damning. 
Right. And I don't believe it. But <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know who that is, <laughs> truth be told. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> this would be some great uh, propaganda for Jew. Uh, before we get into our Super Bowl talk, man, what the hell got into Dale wanting to play this darn Uber ratings game today? You know, good question. I mean, I thought it was interesting. It definitely stirred up conversation because we all had to guess kind of, you know, where would everybody rank on something like that? Like, how would how would an Uber driver look at you? Like, what do you think that everybody would get for an Uber rating? So, I mean, I guess it was it was fun from that perspective. Um, I'm a little sub- – I don't think – I don't count Justice having the highest because he had 100 and something right. I've got 400 and I'm .01 behind him. Yeah, like, no, you won. Yeah, I think I think I won that, and um, I wasn't surprised either. I, I I do pretty well with Uber, you know. You know, I thought my four my four seven five was better than it is after I saw everybody else's score. I, I mean, I was down there in the dumps with Dale. I I was lower than Josh Holsey, and I've been in Ubers with Josh Holsey. And the amount of two and three stars that I got is what really threw me off. It's like who who gives two and three stars? Good question. Um, and, and it's kind of like, well, how do you get one? What What's the criteria for getting a two or a three star? I, I just blocked that, that that person. Okay, good. Thank you. You can't. You got to get out of here, too. Like, you're a sicko. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what, what qualifies. I got to find some Uber drivers in my life and ask them. Um, you know, maybe that'll be a topic of conversation uh, this weekend. We'll see. But the big game, man. Let's let's get into it. Let's recap the Super Bowl, man. Um, you were right with the Rams on the money line. I I did bet with my heart and not my head. And kind of what we expected to play out played out. Uh, I I think the game would have been a bit more out of hand if Odell Beckham plays all game, honestly, because they had absolutely no answer for him. Um, Sean McVay, as he's known to do, got a little clunky. Uh, throughout the game, uh, Zach Taylor, who I don't think any of us think is actually a good coach, um, was clunky most of the game. Uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow was under duress the entire second half. I-, I think he was living for the big play entirely too much because he definitely left a lot um, on the field. Jalen Ramsey got his face mask grabbed and burnt. On that last play. It, yep, exactly. I was about to say, really could have given up the game. Yeah, that last play, he was a barbecue chicken. Uh, the officiating of the game was weird, but I'm not going to – I'm I'm never going to chalk a game up to officials. I didn't like the uh, officiating down the stretch against Cooper Cup because they, they had let him get away with it all day. But they were – I mean, but he is the best receiver in the league right now. So, I mean, he's earned those calls. They they let them play, I thought, a majority of the game. I mean, there were like four penalties called. It just sucks they were all really in the last two minutes. Yeah, and that was the thing that made it so weird. It's like, as a player on the field, I can understand their frustration because it's like, hey, man, you've been letting us play all game. Like, don't call this ticky-tack stuff now. And then, you know, the game pretty much ends with Aaron Donald dominating. I thought that he should have been Super Bowl MVP personally uh, because, I mean, he made – the two biggest plays of the game. I mean, if he doesn't make that play on fourth down, the Rams do not win the Super Bowl. No, they don't. And, um, you know, big shout out to Odell, though. Obviously, sucks that that did happen to him. Yeah. Because um, it's su- what it really sucks for is next season. Because think about it. ACL. Yeah, he's like, okay. and, and was it the same ACL? Yes. 
So now that becomes a true issue. You know, now it's like a, oof, I don't know. And, I mean, he came back, and obviously once he got to play on a team that he should be playing on with an actual quarterback, we saw that he's still productive as shit. And so, and granted, maybe a little bit of that's because Cup's on the other side, but Odell can still be a low-end one and certainly a bona fide two. So, And I don't even know if he's a low-end one because – I think he's, he he may be a one with with the quarterback, you know. But yeah, he was definitely a low end one, a bona fide two. Um, I mean, and just looking at how he jumps in there mid season, learns the offense, plays a complimentary role, and he really, to me, he silenced most of the haters and the doubters. Now his injury history did pop back up, but as far as people saying he's not he's not a team guy, he's a me guy. Uh, they didn't think of him as much as of a grinder, which I think is crazy because if yeah. You no, I think he's definitely a dude that works hard. He is. If you listen to players talk about him, they're like, no, like Odell works his ass off. I remember listening to uh, First Things First, and Snacks Harrison talked about he would let Odell babysit his kid like when when he and his wife were going date night. Now, if that's not like one of the highest compliments you could give somebody, as somebody with a kid, you're not letting anybody just babysit your daughter. Absolutely not. I mean, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so if a teammate is saying that about Odell Beckham, I, I, that speaks a lot to his character to me. And it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but I, I, I was happy to see that he was able to get a Super Bowl ring. So let's especially, talk, about- especially in an era where the top wide receivers, if you look at it, none of them got rings, man. I mean, Julio, I mean, AB got his, but it was a little different. But, but you know, I'm just in general, the top dudes don't. Julio don't got one. That's the history Mark of the NFL. Julio doesn't have one. Ocho Single don't have one. Like these guys that have been the top guys at wide receiver, they don't get them. Think about the legendary receivers who have them. Jerry Rice has his. Marvin Harrison has his. Uh, I mean, Tory Holt got snubbed from the Pro Bowl. I mean, the Hall of Fame again, which is wild. But he has his. Fitz ain't got one. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like a lot of the, the the big receivers, Andre Johnson ain't got one. Calvin Johnson didn't get close to one. Um, a lot of these big receivers don't get don't get the rings. But let let's you know let's kind of talk about the Rams. Let's start with them because they went all in on today. You know, unlike any team that we've ever seen in the NFL, they definitely focused on going all in. You know, they they were paying Jared Goff, and they was like, "Hey man, ain't good enough. Get him out of here." And they're still paying him. Let's trade these first rounders for Matt uh, Matt Stafford. Get him, uh, get him in here. Uh, they traded the first rounders for Jalen uh, Ramsey. They traded a second and a third to bring Von Miller in. You know, they hell they signed Gurley early because they thought he was still that guy, and obviously he wasn't. But they saw he wasn't. They moved off of him. Uh, you know, they signed Odell Beckham. Like they were all about going all in on today, and in this copycat league. I'm curious to see how many teams are going to go all in, just like the Rams have been doing for years, and it finally proved out as far as a long-term way of building your team. Tampa Bay went all in the last two years. It got them a Super Bowl. And, you know, this slow build that so many teams try to do, I'm against it because you're not going to see the fruits of your labor. You're going to get fired before it happens. But – I am curious to see how it's going to ripple now that they have the Super Bowl like actually tied to that approach because 
what people don't understand is the Rams have shitty first round picks anyways, and a shitty first round pick and a second round pick is essentially the same pick. If you understand, like if you understand like the intricacies of drafting, there's like from about 17 to about 35 to sometimes 45, depending on the draft year, it's practically the same player. Yeah. You know, and then you start factoring wants and needs and the other team's wants and needs. And you can find a first round talent who drops to the third round or the end of the second round just because of it's the draft. Field issues, Yeah, whatever it is. And I think that that's going to be an approach that a lot of teams that are right there, you know, these teams that are really in contention. Like if I was the Titans, I would be doing it like I would be figuring out, man, how can we get rid of Ryan Tannehill and get Aaron Rodgers here if he wants out? Like, you know what I mean? How can we get Russell Wilson here? You know, how can we get Deshaun? Well, they're not going to get Deshaun because Texas is just not going to do that. I wouldn't trade him in division. Hell no. Um, but 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 you see what I'm saying, though. There are certain teams that that kind of have to be in that approach. I mean, because at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, the time's just going to continue to tick on them if they don't get it done. And um, I think that Les Need. Uh, obviously, Cronky's got the money, so he doesn't give a fuck about a luxury tax to re-sign these guys over the cap. So fuck it, yeah, fuck a draft pick. Like you know what I mean? Like like if they run it back, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, Odell's probably he's not gonna be back till Thanksgiving at at the earliest. And so, but you know, I think that he's a great fit there, and it's L.A. It just makes sense. You know, I'd bring back Vaughn. Vaughn looked like a different fucking player in the playoffs, man. He looked like Vaughn Miller that I remember. Yeah. Vaughn, Vaughn at this point, because he's got two titles, I feel like he's just going to chase money. Like, well, I, think he, I think he'll just get the highest bidder. Probably. But you know what? Shannon Sharp made a good made a good point about Vaughn Miller. He was like, y'all said Vaughn fell off. It's hard to get sacks when you're always down and the team's running the ball. Like, you can't be as disruptive as you used to be because your role is different as a pass rusher because you don't have Peyton Manning whipping the ball all around the field anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But I I still just see him going out and getting one last big check. Unless the Rams do open up the checkbook. And you want to know who's going to replace him? Former Falcon that just got released yesterday. Hey, Dante Fowler goes back. Yeah, why not? He had double-digit sacks with them already. I don't see why not. They they could get him on the cheap, too. He'll sign for, like, one year, two mil, three mil. Like, he'll be back. I'm happy we let go of him because it's like, hey, dude. What, I know that that opened up at least $10 million a cap. So, we'll get, we'll get to our Falcons, man. Uh, You know, what? What are your thoughts on Raheem the Dream, man? He... he he came in, he 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 shut down he shut down that Bengals high flying offense. Like yeah, shut him down. Like I I I can't even reach for those glasses because I can see you haters right now. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, it's it's crazy that nobody's talking about Raheem and bro, he he killed it. I didn't understand how, and I get it, it's an offensive league. But Raheem's coached on both sides of the ball anyways, you know, because at one point he was uh, with the Falcons. He was an offensive guy. Sorry, I had to do that because my little cousin, Austin, he's tuned in. What's up, Austin? Yeah. And um, so, you know, I thought that he was one of the guys that probably should have gotten a head coaching job this year. Because think about it. 
he really could have been retained by us if we wanted to kind of keep that same thing. I just think that they wanted to kind of rid the stench of the Super Bowl. And I know everybody's like, well, Matt Ryan's there. And McKay's but, there. Right. And he, well, and he's ultimately, he's, you know, Vic Air all the way. Bring back Scott Pioli, for God's sake, if we're going to keep McKay. Well, as long as we don't bring back Dimitrov. But um, <laughs> no, he fucked us. Because, no, he you know what? Let's go down a little Falcons right now while we're at it. Because you, isn't it weird that he didn't get that? Do you think that it's weird that like he didn't? For I don't know, there weren't that many GM jobs, but he didn't get any. Like no. nobody heard anything about like, him no. getting an interview. You want to know why I don't think it's weird that he didn't get any inter, any interviews? Why? Look at the talent on the Rams and look at their cap. Look at the talent on the Falcons. And look at our cap. It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's night and day. I mean, it's night and day. And we're, um, and we're and we're and we're we're paying players that aren't playing for us too. We are in cap hell, and we're not good. I wouldn't hire Dimitrov either. Look, My look third at roster in the league. Right. Look at look at Green Bay. They're they're fifty million over the cap right now. Like they were the one seed. They're Back winning thirteen games a year. You know what I mean? So who gives a shit? If they got to play cap gymnastics or cut players in, in this, this offseason or restructure because they're fucking winning. We sucked. And our cap sucks. Like, why are we not Jacksonville with shitloads of cap money or the Bengals with shitloads of cap money if we're going to be bad? TD? <sighs> TD. TD. We need a TD from UGA. Right. And, um, you know, Quinn, Quinn actually deserves credit for the little bit of talent that we do have, because I feel like he kind of picked the groceries his first year that year. All those defensive guys, when we started yeah. four rookies, yeah, in the Super Bowl, absolutely. you know, I, I think he deserves a little bit more credit. And obviously he was getting, think about it, he was getting plenty of interviews though. You know, he damn near interviewed with everybody. Well, and I think he just turned it down because there's a, there's a good chance he can be the, the head coach of America's team come week seven. Week seven and beyond. Hey, did you hear that Dak uh, is is expecting the team to talk to him about offseason moves? <laughs> I didn't hear that, but at the same time, I'm not surprised a little bit. I mean, nobody wants to get into that Aaron Rodgers situation where he felt like he didn't have input everybody wants to keep the, the ceo of the the team of the you know the players on the field you got to keep that guy happy and ultimately i don't know what the, what more they can do offensively you but, know I, mean? I think he's got the weapons to win there absolutely and is there are there five teams in the nfl that are drafting talent better than the cowboys no jerry does a great job at that I mean, Wolf Hunter, uh, uh, Jalen Smith when they got him, uh, Dak in the fourth round, Tony Pollard, uh, CD, uh, M- Michael Parsons. Come on, man. Like Schultz is a so- solid tight end. I Schultz, mean, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, you know what I mean? Uh, Tank Johnson, like th- they draft just fine. Time, that whole yeah. O line. Like Dak, you go get better. Right. And well, and. Well, hell, if they wanted to listen to him, he should have said something about the coach more than anything. I mean, that's what's kind of holding that team back. Which one? The the, the head coach or the, OC, or the OC? The head. That situational football shit. That, you know, it's the same thing that plagued Dan here. 
to me, I thought situationally he was so bad, it lost us so many games. Like, And you know what Dan probably should have done? He probably should have brought an OG in to help him with that. Because I think one of the best things that happened to Sean McVay was those first few years having Wade Phillips on his staff. Because we don't think Wade Phillips is a great NFL head coach, no. But he's a football lifer. He's one of the best DCs in the history of the NFL. And he was able to teach Sean so much shit about football coaching, being the head ball coach, you know, kind of like your boy Urban, the head ball coach. And that allowed him to kind of grow into his own and learn how to be a great head coach. But Dan didn't have that. Who who was our D? He was a defensive play caller, so it doesn't matter who our DC was. It was um, uh, this dude's name was like Richard Smith or something. That's who the DC was originally. Then he took over play calling duties after the Kansas City game, and then we we basically won out the rest of the way. Which I never understood why Dan wasn't always just calling the defense. Like, yeah, bro, you you were the Legion of Boom, DC. Just like, like with Arthur Smith, even now it's just like, well, yeah, why wouldn't Arthur Smith call the plays? Isn't that why we hired you? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Is Arthur not calling plays? No, he does. I was about to say because I know our OC is was like a passing game coordinator yeah, from, from the Bears who haven't called who haven't called a play in his fucking life. Yeah, I think he just designs, but you know, no, nah, Arthur Smith was the play caller. Um, and I, and I think that he's going to improve on that in year two too. Absolutely, uh, man. You know, Falcons as long as we can get as long as Matt Ryan's got somebody to throw the ball to, you know, somebody who can like block a little bit because uh, you know let's get us back to the Super Bowl a little bit because you know uh, getting to the Bengals, you know what really got them beat was that offensive line and nobody was surprised and. Bengals and Burrow are bad for football. Um, you know, we talked about it in the pre-production, you know, about the Matt Ryan, the Joe Flacco, and the uh, Andy Dalton, you know, getting to the playoffs early. But what Joe Flacco has done is turning this team around in two years and getting them to the playoffs. Nobody believes it's fucking Zach Taylor. Everybody believes it's, it's Joe Burrow and it's Pied Piper mentality, you know, which I'll try to say – Baker Mayfield was, but the problem is ain't nobody following Baker because he's not good. Um, but Joe Burrow. He's not good, and honestly, he doesn't have the swagger. No, because he's not good. And you got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase, which also goes against everything football, like we believe in in football. You draft a receiver over a top-end lineman who actually had a really good season when your line isn't good. Huh? Excuse me? But it worked for them this year. Now let's contextualize it. Let's contextualize it. Baker was hurt and he sucked. Big Ben was a corpse. I think whoever plays quarterback from the, for them for the Steelers next year, they'll be a better team just because they'll have a quarterback who can throw the ball. Right. Um, the the Ravens got beat up by the injury bug. So this Before is the why even picked off. Yeah, and I mean hell, by like week eight, week nine, the Ravens were were still in playoff contention. They were a one seed at one point during the season, like. Yeah. I just hope too many teams don't look at what the the what the Bengals did and go, you know what, quarterback year two, year three. Hey, Justin Herbert, we need you in the Super Bowl next year. Brandon Staley, you terrible game managing head coach, Mister. I go for it on fourth down just because it's fourth down. We need you in the Super Bowl next year, and they actually start making bad moves that try to that try to elevate their timeline before they actually are ready to get there. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And everything did fall right for the Bengals. Their division fell apart. Um, even their playoff run. I mean, let's look at it. Did it not set up perfectly for them? They got Absolutely. they got a home game against the Raiders, who probably had the most dysfunction of any team outside of maybe the Jaguars. And the Jaguars weren't even dysfunctional as a team. They just had a dysfunctional coach. <laughs> and so, but the Raiders across the board were just roster. Huh? In a bad roster. In a bad roster. Um, you know, and think about it. They played Cincinnati. That's the that's the famous Herb Stays game now that I look <laughs> at it. Um, <laughs> they were in that game, if you remember. That game ended on a game winning field goal. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, they played the Raiders. And then the next game, you get a Titans team that, for all intents and purposes, was a cupcake one. Ryan Tannehill can't throw the fucking ball. Uh uh, fucking uh, Eric Henry. Eric Henry hadn't played a game in two and a two and a half months. Um, you know, and granted, good pass rush for the Titans, but that was still one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. Yeah, it just—I don't know. I mean, it, Julio is no longer Julio Jones. He's not the same Julio. I, I think AJ Brown's overrated. So I just think that the cards fell right, and then you get the Chiefs. Who, all right, we'll give you credit. You beat Pat Mahomes, you know, in uh, Chiefs Kingdom, you know, at Arrowhead, right? And but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, even that matchup lined up well for them because of how bad the Chiefs secondary was. All they had to do was throw the ball. They got Sorensen back there, and their pass rush wasn't worth a damn. And Bill Simmons is trying to pedal that Patrick Mahomes was concussed. What are your thoughts? You said Bill Simmons? Yeah, he said because there's no way in hell Patrick Mahomes just all of a sudden is that bad. I don't know what happened. I mean, he, he was definitely making some dumbass plays. I mean, you know, him running around. Like, them, those that second and third down where they were, you know, basically on the goal line almost. Then, of course, the way that the first half ended, them not kicking that field goal. I mean – I don't. I, to me, I think it was just a meltdown, and it's hard to believe that he would melt down. But that's what that's what I chalk it up to. I believe it was just a meltdown. And you know what? I I, I do too because I think that um that uh he he's a he's been a front runner for the most of his career. He's played in situations with a lot of house money, and he hasn't had the he hasn't had the typical career path with um dysfunction he hasn't been on a bad roster so a lot of times you know we don't know what we're made of until we have to go through some stuff and you know Patrick Mahomes played in a few more closer games this year uh last year in the Super Bowl he played in a game where his team wasn't the best team on the field and he wasn't good and he reverted back to who he was in college which is why he wasn't the first overall pick you know why Mitchell Trubisky went before? No, he no. That was because Ryan Pace was a fucking GM in the NFL. But um, <laughs> it, it, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they moved up. They moved up a spot. In the, and it was at the 49ers, right? Yes, yes. It's John Lynch, a team, that, a team that didn't need a fucking quarterback <laughs> that John, just made Jimmy G. John Lynch added five years to his NFL life as a GM just because he fleeced Ryan Pace. For a pick that he was like, yeah, dude. He, I mean, yeah, and that he turned into a solid player in Solomon Thomas. Yeah, just like what the fuck are you doing? Still starts on that defense today. You know, what are you doing Ryan Pace. You suck. What an idiot. But you know, I, I just. Uh, Thomas Dimitro, quick. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna go with Dimitrov because we did get yeah, to had success. Right. <laughs> I mean, he is the same guy who uh, you know let Shanahan walk out of the door and didn't and retain the floor. Let the floor follow him. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get it. And I and maybe that was DQ's move. Maybe DQ was hell bent on getting Sark. Well, you know what? You know what you tell DQ? Our, 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 it came from Arthur. Right. That's or when you – Rather. That's when you uh, – Yeah, Rich. Because right. Rich, Rich, Rich has the fucking tapes. Rich, Rich fucking is pulling everybody's strings. Every, <laughs> seriously. You, you would think he has dirt on Arthur Blank or something. You know, like, <laughs> I get it. His dad was like an NFL guy for a long time. And I know he's head of the, com, uh, the competition committee, but like – Come on, man. Why does Rich McKay still got a job with the Falcons? <laughs> Rich has to take it. dealing with football moves. Because I know at one point they moved him strictly to business or whatever. You but believe that? Now he's now he's Fontenot and Smith report to this man. Like that's who they it's like, well then what's the point of Fontenot being the GM? Just call him a fucking call him the president and then let McKay be the GM. Because it's a diversity hire, because now um now uh when they have the owners meeting. Uh, Arthur Blank is saying, I see Jerry. I'm not like you. I trust him. <laughs> nah, he it's 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 crazy though. It's crazy just 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 how bad that was. But back on to the Bengals and Burrow. Yeah, I, you know, and think about it. You know what the what the Bengals did to themselves too? They and, and I know that they, they don't like to spend money from my understanding. Um they're a notoriously cheap organization. Oh yeah, cheapest. Yeah, uh, kind of like the Braves, <laughs> but we got a World Series, so who cares? Um, but the Braves aren't cheap. But nonetheless, um, yeah, you look at – they just extended Zach Taylor to what? I think 2026, and next year would have been the last year of his contract, I believe. Yeah, I would have – I would have let that. him play it out. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, bro, you went 2-14, and 14, which thank you, that helped us get Joe Burrow, but – then the next year, I get it. He got hurt halfway through, but shit, he was still like one and six once he went down. So it ain't like they weren't, they weren't, weren't good games even then. And then this year, you guys went out and spent money on some very solid defensive players, drafted a superstar wide receiver, already a top five wide receiver in the NFL, and you got a top five quarterback in the NFL. Which I know we're gonna get on that too, right? Uh, we kind of up on it last week. I didn't plan on it, but we can because uh, the other oh, Acho brother put out that terrible list. Why are the Achos on TV? Who Whose fucking tapes do they got? What Do they got the Washington emails? At this point, you have to think so. Either that or they know something about the Texans, too. I mean, these guys have got to know something that, that they're just not letting on them. Because I didn't know the Achos existed until they were on TV. Me neither. I had to look him up. I'm like, former NFL player. And then he looks young, too. And then you're like, oh, this guy played in the league for like three years. I mean, I mean, it's not like Swagoo who like Swagoo. He didn't have a great NFL career, but he was a legit NFL player who was a top draft pick and was one of the top players come out of Louisiana. Or I'll give you, or I'll even give you two better guys that are actually good on TV, but they had short NFL careers or not. T- well, they were on TV for a little bit. I remember they used to get on cold pizza. Um, but obviously local Atlanta radio legends, the two live stews, you know what I mean? You, you know who the two live stews are? No, I don't listen to Atlanta radio. Well, they were great. I just remember as a kid, I used to listen to them on 790 The Fan. 
when the Falcons, when that was the flagship for the Falcons. And either way, they're, they're two black twin brothers that played in the NFL. They probably played for one or two years, but they were great on radio and they were solid. They were on, they would be on TV too. Like, and like hey, I said, was it Griff? Uh, the 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 D lineman for the Falcons, Griff. I don't know. If, maybe I got his name mixed up. But there was also a D lineman for the Falcons. He did some B one on three work. Now he's doing Chuck some, Smith. Chuck Smith. There we go. Big Chuck Smith. Sorry. Yeah. Chuck Chuck Smith was probably the leading sacker on that ninety eight team. He's yeah, you know. I remember. I mean, shit. Look at Orlovsky. Hell, Harry Douglas was the one talking to Acho. Yeah, I and Harry Douglas does a little work here too, but that's what I was like. I was like, when did Harry Douglas get big time? I've seen him on ESPN a couple of times, you know, but you know, ESPN they're afraid of putting superstars on on TV too often. Like, how think about it? They got superstars on Countdown, not on Countdown on on just on the on their Sunday show and the Monday night show. They got Randy Moss, they got Steve Young, but they don't have superstars. Right. I mean, basketball, they got Jalen Rose and. Uh, who else is on there now? That's it in terms of player because it was yeah. Chauncey too, but Chauncey now is about to get fired. They got games. They winning games though. What they got Chauncey? They got Steve Smith of of ESPN, and they got what we got Greeny, Wilbon, and Wilbon and, and Greeny. Yeah, that's the those are the guys. And, and I'm looking at TNT, and now they've brought in Tracy McGrady, and then you see like D Wade, obviously D Wade, Candace Parker, like. All the other networks, yeah, let's sit on ESPN for a little while. They like superstars. Guess what, man? We want to hear from people who actually we remember or people who are good. You know what I mean? Like, right. again, let me go back to Orlovsky. Do I remember Orlovsky? No. But Orlovsky is he's such good. a journeyman backup. <laughs> right. Trent Dilfer is good. If you just listen to Trent Dilfer break down quarterback play, for one, he will preface stuff by like, hey, I'm saying this is wrong, but like, I can't do this. I couldn't do this right. <laughs> right. Well, they get Dilfer's dimes. Like, Dilfer, you didn't throw – you hadn't thrown a dime since you left Fresno State. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I take it back. He had a Pro Bowl season in, in Tampa. When won a Super Bowl in uh, Baltimore. With, with the best defense that we've ever seen. Yeah. And a really good running back. In their prime. And Shannon Sharp. <laughs> yeah. You know, Priest Holmes was a backup running back to Jamal yeah. Wilson. God, Lee. I mean, shit, we, we got Shannon Sharp talking talking sports every day. And when you get Shannon not doing the extra shit. Shannon, really, I love Shannon on TV. I, I do. When, when you really get him breaking down football. So, like, Colin brings him on every year, the day the Monday after the Super Bowl, in his first, in his, uh, first hour block. I mean, great, just great. So he's because he's not doing the bullshit with Skip. He's just really like talking football. You just go. And you know what's funny about Shannon too? I remember when I was younger on HBO, there used to be a weekly show inside the NFL. I think is mm-hmm. what it was called, and he was on there. And he was really. I just remember even as a kid, like just super insightful. And obviously, he's kind of a clown. So like you know, it, he adds a little bit of entertainment, and that's that's what everybody wants, and that's what makes TNT's product so good. Cause Shaq and Charles and Kenny, they they really are talking that shit, you know. But like, they're entertaining as fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Who doesn't want to hear Charles Barkley, you know, say anything? Like, we want to we want to hear what Chuck's got to say. Like, and the thing is, there's only a few people who can talk crazy to Chuck and get away with it, as far as it as far as what it comes to on the on the court, because Chuck would bust your ass. 
Chuck's he beat your ass. You could argue, really, Chuck's a top 20 player all time. If you look at the numbers, he's a bad – man, he was a bad boy. And, I mean, I never saw him play, obviously, because he was – I mean, he was with the I Rockets. Saw him, I saw him on Jam when he was – Right, you know what I mean? And he let that chick beat him. Funny story, too, and then we can get off this, but uh, since this is a football show. Uh, but, you know, I ran into Charles Barkley outside of Phillips Arena the, on the opening night of the Watch the Throne concert. And he, okay. had two white, he had two white women in his army. You know what I said to him? What'd you say? Now, 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 granted, we were at my brother's house, and, you know, walking distance, kind of similar to my house. Okay. To, uh, to, to Phillips. So before we left, we were doing, have you ever had a flaming Dr. Pepper? No, is that is that it's, is that it's uh, okay? It's Armoretta beer in Bacardi one fifty one lit over a flame because that's why it's called. A, it tastes like Dr Pepper, and it's flammable. So you light it, it flames. You basically kind of shoot it, and uh, either way. So I was kind of pretty fucking hammered headed to that concert. See Charles Barkley with two white women, and I used the classic line from Space Jam: "You're Charles Barkley." Let me tell you, he looked at me like I was fucking stupid, seriously. And he just kept walking. Didn't say hi. Have you listened to a Charles Barkley interview, though? Like him on like Pat McAfee, where he really gets to like talking his shit? Mm -mm. So if you listen to him like on Pat McAfee or or Dan or Dan. um, Patrick. Dan Patrick, yeah, DP. Um, Dan Patrick, too. Yeah, I love Dan Patrick. You'll understand why he looked at you that way. Cause he's really like, what's this fool saying this shit to me? Like he's just like, he's really like a get the fuck out my face type of nigga. Well, he probably didn't want me to say anything. Maybe at, at worst, just just nod, which I do with most celebrities. But I was drunk as shit, and you see, and you're like, like, you're like eighteen, nineteen, man. Like yeah, I was eighteen. Yeah, but the the funny thing is, the first thing that came to my mind was literally, "You're Charles Barkley." You just don't want to be that look like Charles Barkley. Right, right. <laughs> Be gone, wanna be? Be gone! Right. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. I might watch Space Jam tonight. You need to watch Genius. What's that? What's that? The Kanye uh, Netflix thing. I'm waiting, for all, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for all three to come out. I'm going to binge Thank them. And, uh, and then, we, we, oh yeah, for, for Big Baby and Parlay Pete podcast, we're definitely deep diving on that one. Yeah, we need, yeah. We, we got, and okay, yeah, so you're going to be here, right? Yeah. All right. We need to strategize and figure out marketing, all that, so we can get it. And then I know we might not be able to do the pictures this week, but certainly the next time you're up here, we can okay. know, get, get our pictures and stuff done. I mean, we could try it. I mean, if, I'm sure Justice wouldn't mind. And I got a camera. Okay. Yeah. And we can, we, we, we can game plan that uh, off mic. Um, yeah. Cause we, we, yeah, we can definitely make that happen. Cause if we can, I wouldn't mind get, getting something like by the bins because that's, you know, where we spend football season. Yeah, exactly. Um, shit, what do you want to go to next? Is there any more Super Bowl stuff we want to talk about? McVay and um, are they going to return? McVay and Aaron Donald. Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go now? Love that song. I used to do it on Rock Band. All right. So, yeah, should I stay or should I go? Um Right before the game, Rodney Harrison, NFL insider Rodney Harrison, <laughs> breaks the story that Aaron Donald, if they win, if the Rams win, Aaron Donald could retire after the Super Bowl. And he and said it's highly likely. 
And then it was um, bubbling all around uh, Super Bowl week that uh, Sean McVay may retire to go to the booth because he was just burnt out by football. Well, that and then he's got a fat-ass offer weight. I mean, think about it. If ESPN said that they were willing to give Peyton Manning, I think I remember they rumored 20 to to be the head analyst. And I know they got him somehow. I don't know what they're paying them to do that. Yeah, yeah, but that's so different because Peyton says it's on my terms and I'm not working every week and I'm not traveling. And it's going through my media company. Right. And and I, I didn't look at the numbers, but I'm sure they did really good. I watched the Manning cast more than I watched Levy, Greasy, and uh, and uh, I switched between. It would depend on what point in the game. It depends. Like if there's a bad guest, I might turn it off because Eli, Eli, like wasn't good, but it was good that Eli wasn't good. If that made any sense, he's the as funny as Peyton Manning is. Eli's the goofy Manning. Like yes. <laughs> Like Eli would do shit that he wasn't trying to be funny. He would just be like, like when he did this when he fucking <laughs> was a Philadelphia fan, uh, like a five year old boy flipped him off or something. And you know, it was just some of those conversations where Eli didn't fit. You know, like when it was Peyton and LeBron talking, like Eli, go to the kids' table, man. Like I, I got it two Super Bowls, but you're not you're not you're not up here with us. But it was great when, you know, like a guest like Tom is on with him. Oh, yeah, because then he can really talk that shit. Well, because it's one of those, basically, you kick my brother's ass. He's like, but now I'm going to kick yours. Like, you know what I mean? He whooped Joe Lewis's ass. Right. He did beat Joe Lewis's ass, you know, and he did it twice. So, um, <laughs> he's 2-0. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, should I stay or should I go? Uh, Nick Wright. Here's what Nick Wright said today. I listened to Nick Wright. I like Nick Wright. Uh, he's often wrong, but I like Nick Wright. He he said that uh, he felt that the Aaron Donald piece was a way to motivate his teammates to go out there this time for Aaron's last game. And then he said Sean was just doing it to get more money because he's already underpaid and he's living in expensive-ass L.A. And it's like, hey, Les, go talk to Stan. I need them coins. Pronto. Well, and then if you just take a look at the history of coaches that have done it, obviously the first one that strikes my like that comes to mind for me is Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher never went back to coaching. He could have, and he still can if he wants to. Bill Cowher's probably 60-something maybe. and I'm pretty sure he's younger than Bruce Arians. I bet he is too. He's certainly younger than Bill Belichick. And so, um, you know, that's another guy. But, but he's a fine example of it. Gruden did it, of course. And granted, Gruden got fired by Tampa, but at the same time, he he could have got another coaching job, you know, within the next year or two, because just that's how the NFL works with recycling coaches. And he's somebody that's held plenty of levers. Like nobody wants to hire Brian Billick. Brian Billick went on Fox and nobody's called, you know. You know, and it, it was always shocking that Brian Billick didn't get another call. Bill Cowher, 64, and Bruce Aarons is 69. And what, Belichick 70? I didn't even look it up because he's a fucking curmudgeon. <laughs> Belichick's probably 71, 70. He's Joe Biden in this thing. And 69, 69. Oh, shocked. Zan's perky check, Bill Belichick. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, Bill Cowher could come back. He walked away young but not fucking 
Sean McVay is the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl. Like, Sean McVay is Calvin Johnson's age, who just went into the Hall of Fame. Right. Sean McVay, before Tom Brady retired, um, <laughs> Sean McVay was, what, eight years younger than Tom Brady? I mean, yeah. Hey, listen to this. Uh, I was I, I sent this post yesterday in a group text. It's, it's too far up in the group text. So I'm not going to look for it now. And it talked about the number of coaches who are like related to to coaches. There's and, trees, huh? Like the trees? Yeah, no, but like no shit related, like blood related, coming no. from like NFL stock, right? And and it was speaking to like you know the lack of diversity in coaching and all of that. And where I took issue with it was they use McVay uh, with his was it his grandfather was was in the front office in uh in the with uh, San Francisco. And then they use Kyle Shanahan because of his dad, obviously. And I go, hey, look here, man. If you want to talk about racial diversity and, like, inclusion being off in the NFL, I'm all for it. But what you can't do is take two of the best young coaches who you could argue are top five to seven coaches in the league right now and use them as examples of, of, of dang, I can't think of that word, of uh, when you – of when you know like nepotism there we go you can't use them as examples of nepotism because sure did they get their start because of nepotism Uh, yeah but at 23 24 when they were when they were quality control coaches i'm willing to bet they had more nfl knowledge than most of your 23 24 year old gas or quality control coaches because they grew up in football houses good football houses so they just they had the requisite knowledge like i'm all about I- inclusion but shit you hire people if somebody comes from a family of logisticians and they grew up working for their family logistics company and they intern their family logistics company wouldn't you be more inclined to hire them absolutely that's who I, that's who i would you would i don't want somebody i've got to train and tell everything and you know they've already been through the ringer they already know everything Right. So maybe this person does take a lower end job in the company to start off, but they're going to accelerate a lot faster because they know what the hell they're doing. Yep. Like, I'm pretty sure there were times that Sean McVay was just a quality control coach listening to his his OC or especially Kyle Shanahan uh, when he wasn't working for his dad. Like, hey, Pop. Yeah. Head coach is talking about this right here. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, Kyle, that's fucking stupid. I mean, right. you fucking play. You play nice to keep your job, but and, 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 and these these ties and stuff they go so deep too, man. Think about it. Like Shanahan, obviously, we know about his tenure with the Broncos, uh, but you know, a lot of people d- fail to realize that he was Bill Walsh's OC, yeah, <laughs> with the 49ers winning titles in the eighties and nineties. So, and, and that's the tie to McVay because his, his 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 granddad was up in the front office, and guess what? What well, I think something that gets really missed on 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 uh, Mike Shanahan's greatness is what he had cooking up in Washington when he had McVay, uh, Lafleur, uh, Kyle, um, Raheem. Like I'm sure McDaniel's was there too. Like all of them are in there, like learning football from him. And somehow Dick Vermeil gets in the fucking Hall of Fame, and and Mike Shanahan's on the outside looking in. It makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. Like, what? what is a Hall of Famer? 
I, I'm confused of what a Hall of Famer is because we got Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame conversation now because he won a Super Bowl. He's going to have the counting stats. You know, Bucky Brooks, and he talks about tractors and trailers, right? He was like, or trucks and trailers. Some players are trucks. Joe Flippin' Burrow is a goddamn truck. And some players are trailers. Some of them get carried by the organization. Trent Dilfer with the 01 Ravens, trailer, okay? Nothing wrong with being a trailer. I look at Matthew Stafford. He has truck talent, but he's a high-end trailer because he is a product of his environment. His career has shown he is a product of his environment, and he does not create and shape a winning culture. And if you want to think about what a Hall of Famer is, I'm sorry, you need to be one of the best people at your position, one of the best people of your era. There are less than 30 quarterbacks in the NFL Hall of Fame. I think there's 27 right now. Are we saying that Matthew Stafford is top 30? Okay, we can add Brady. We can add Eli because I think Eli's going to get in. We can. I, I don't. I don't like him. Ben's going to get in. You throw Big Ben in there. Okay, that puts you at 30. You think he's there? No, nah, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't put him with that that class of guys. I, what it is is I look at it this way: when it comes to a Hall of Famer, was anybody talking about is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer before? the Super Bowl, like before, even when he got traded to the Rams, did anyone make that? A, was that a conversation? No. So I don't think that him winning the Super Bowl should put him in that because we weren't talking about it before. Matt Ryan, the, this is where we would put that in. Um, Matt Ryan is somebody that people honestly talk about. Is he a Hall of Famer now, right now? You know, you really do have to question it. I, for one, of course, believe he's won. But we all know we're like, well, if he gets the Super Bowl, he's a shoe in. Because you know I mean? like he would be a shoe in. And so he, he won an MVP. He's he had multiple MVP, Pro Bowls. He's a five time Pro Bowler, all pro, one time all pro, offensive player of the year, rookie of the year. Um, he's the best player in Falcons franchise history. And he took a team that was a, a, a losing a franchise. Fire. We, we had dumpster fire losing franchise. You know, the and, last admirer that was in the league was the coach of that team prior to him getting there. And he Byron turned leverage huh? was one of the starting quarterbacks the year before that. And he's, you know, getting interviewed for head coaching jobs now. Yeah. And he turned the Falcons into a a a <laughs> average <laughs> a average team. Like we've been an average team, average to above average franchise since we've had Matt Ryan, and that's not been our history. Well, early in his tenure, we were above average. Five yes. straight winning seasons, two 13 and three years, made the playoffs four out of those five years. And then after that, you've got two more playoff appearances, you know, and obviously some stinky seasons in between, but that's because we've just had one of the worst defenses in the NFL for, I don't know, fucking the whole decade. But um, Yeah, TD. <laughs> Yeah, this is straight up, you know, guys like, and this wasn't TD's fault because I think that that was Petrino and McKay, but McKay's still there. Okay. Um, they drafted Jamal Anderson, the other Jamal Anderson. Yeah. One of the biggest busts I can ever remember. They signed uh, Ed Hartwell. You remember Ed Hartwell? from Because yeah. uh, he was with the Ravens and everybody was like, yeah, yeah, Ray Lewis, like his understudy, like, like this no. top linebacker. Yeah, no, no, they, no. Gave Chris Houston a ton of money. 
Dante Robinson. Dante Robinson. He signed an old – and Asante was good those first year or two. Yeah. TD, TD's only done good with trades, trading up to get Julio. Trade, I, I would say trading up to get Trufant was great too. Tony G being like the one of the best, like uh, getting John Abraham. Like yeah. th- those were great moves by TD, but he drafted Peter Collins. You know, he drafted a uh, what was my man? Uh, he drafted Jake Matthews, didn't he? No, he we know we traded for Jake Matthews because he came over from Cleveland. No, no, Alex Mack. You said Alex, Alex Mack. I'm sorry, we yeah, yeah. Signed, we signed Alex Mack. We signed Alex Mack. Uh, yeah. We we traded we tra- we drafted Jake Matthews. Yeah. We drafted. <laughs> uh, I'm not even gonna say his name because Carter's gonna kill me for it. Who? But he only had one oh, great oh, season. Yeah, I know who we're talking about. <laughs> Mr. Beasley, huh? Hey, look. I don't know, shit. Vic could have been out there with those guys, and we wouldn't have known any different. But nonetheless, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like he should have been out there this year, just just looking might at. Might as the, well. Might as well. I don't see why not. Could have just got the man back together. Maybe even traded back and got tack. Who knows? Um, but point being, that's what Matt Ryan's had to work with. And so, like when we talk about Hall of Famers, I bring him up because that's somebody that, especially now with Ben and Tom moving on. We're, now we got to look at who's in the NFL and who legitimately has that case. Pat Mahomes is the only slam dunk, and, and he still has to string together at least four more consistent seasons of what he's been doing. Absolutely. But but for the most part, we know he's a slam dunk. Um, who else at quarterback can we even put in this conversation? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, of course, is in. Uh, Ru- Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell's a Hall of Famer. Russell, uh, he's the greatest Seahawks ever. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see how how things play out. But Deshaun Watson was headed there, I think. I think he was kind of in that same territory as Mahomes, except uh, a little less slam dunkish. Yeah, just because, just because Mahomes is so accomplished already. Uh, Mahomes is like Giannis, yeah. like in terms of accomplishments already. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is 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 open to it. I I, I don't he's know if he's got a chance. Yes, but he he definitely has he's a chance. records and stuff. Like you well, know, what I mean. 1,200 yards rushing for a quarterback. That's fucking ridiculous. Being top five in the league and rushing one year, and you're the quarterback. The media wants to put Josh Josh Allen in the the Hall of Fame already. He's he's headed towards it, I I believe. I think he'll go down as the greatest Bills player ever when it's all said and done. And I know that's saying a lot because Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, you know, Andre Reid, all those guys. But, like – Did I tell you my Andre Reid story? No. You met him? Yeah. Really? Yeah, man. Like, huh? Not in Albany. No, 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 no. In San Diego. Okay. So the bar, uh, Shore Club that we used to go, not Shore Club, Ale House, the one right by Shore yeah. Club. Yeah, you yeah, remember yeah. how you remember the, the Asian bartender who would take care of us? Yes. Okay, so the day I met her, Miss Rachel, shout out to Miss Rachel, best bartender in America. All right. Ooh. America? Not even San Diego. America. Oh, America. It, it, America. Here's, and let me tell you why. So that day I go to that bar. I she just moved to, like great again. I, please. I, I, I just moved to San Diego. I don't know shit about shit right. I literally just go to PB and walk into a bar. <laughs> and it's Sunday watching football. So I go up to the I go upstairs get to get to get a drink. This lady says, Hey, this random drunk white lady. Hey, this is Rachel. She's a great bartender. She'll take care of you. And I go, All right, cool, whatever. 
And um, she's like, what you drinking? And this is when I was drinking Crown and Coke. I was a big Crown and Coke guy back then. And I don't drink either anymore. I was like, yeah, let me get a Crown and Coke. So I get a Crown and Coke. Then, like, I just stumble upon a conversation of some muscle neck niggas and, an, and this light-skinned dude with curly hair and some Bills gear on talking about SEC football. And you know me. I'm like, man, Georgia going to whoop Alabama ass just, uh, next week or whatever because that it was like the week before Georgia played Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm just inserted into the conversation. So now we're talking. And they keep calling this dude in the Bills gear Dre. And I'm like, Andre Reed. I don't know what Andre Reed looks like. So I hit the, the iPhone real quick for the quick Google. Yeah, Google. Hit the Google image. I look, I go. Nigga, nigga ass Jeeves. Like, I'm really sitting here shooting the shit with a Hall of Fame NFL player, right? But because I didn't know at the in the initial conversation, we're just talking and we're in a Bills bar. So then conversation keeps going. Then we get to talking about women and starts telling, you know, those type type of stories. I end up telling like a pretty good story that niggas laugh at. So now I'm with them for like two hours. Like that became like my crew. For you the said day. this is on NFL Sunday. Yeah, NFL Sunday. Bills, bills were on TV. Bills are on TV. And this is a bar that will have the bills on every single TV. Yeah. So we're in there watching the bills, drinking, talking about women. And I'm like, bro, like I'm that guy. But here's why Miss Rachel becomes the best bartender ever. While I'm standing there talking, she she ends up coming from around the bar for some odd reason, asks me if I want another one. Cool, yeah, she brings me another one. And, like, she wasn't doing waitress service. She was only doing, like, bar orders. She gets me. The next time I come to the bar two or three weeks later, Adam, Crown and Coke. I'm like, yes. Like, and this is busy Sunday. Right. So then my third or fourth time, I end up there. It's, it's right before my birthday. She overhears people saying it's my birthday. She gives me a free Crown and Coke, just a single. And then after that, it turned into I got a free double every time I came to that bar or Pacifico because that was my beer of choice. And you got uh, the liquor every time. Huh? I said, of course, you got the liquor every time. Well, it just depended on like depending on what I was doing because if I was there from ten in the morning to watch uh, game one to I keep forgetting it's the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, to the Sunday night game, I'm not drinking a lot of liquor. I'm drinking beer because I'm trying to make it through the day. Yeah, but she remembered my drink. She always she always showed love. Like I mean, after I left San Diego, went down to visit, pulled up on Miss Rachel during COVID, and like she took care of it. Like. <laughs> She's like, she reserved a, a table for me and brought. I was like, hey, can you? I'll be there around this time. She's like, yeah. He wasn't barefoot that, that time, was he? Huh? Say he wasn't barefoot, was he? <laughs> no, not that time. Okay. But it, but she just was, she's like the best bartender ever. Sorry, I digress. This is a football podcast. We uh, need to plan a trip out to Dago to see Josh. I'm I, gonna, I know you're saying we could talk about it off here. I know what you said about kind of going to the West Coast. Hey, but. I'm gonna be able to. I'm gonna be able to do that um, after the end of after the end of March, because mm-hmm. um, I'm going out to the West Coast uh, at the end of March to drive back here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I can actually go visit. You know what I mean? And uh, come yeah, with me. hang with the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. You know, let's talk about Brady because Brady just won't fucking go away. Like, dude, let's you got all the famers. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. 
Um, he he might be. You know, the NFL. I don't believe they do it. I know, well, no, they do do unanimous. Like they will, they announce that stuff. Like you know, in baseball, it's percentage, and everybody's like, they're like, well, how the fuck did he not get a hundred percent? You know, like, like King Griffey didn't get a hundred percent. Like Babe Ruth didn't. Hank Aaron didn't. Mariano Rivera is like the only person. I think he was like the first one. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to Mariano Rivera. That's how my daughter, um, That's you know, that's how we came up with her name. I did not know that that was the name that y'all. Well, we didn't know it was a boy or girl yet. And we were at uh, Six Feet Under in Midtown. Y'all don't know okay. if you ever been to Six Feet Under. But okay. we were there at the bar. I mean, she wasn't drinking, but I was. And uh, <laughs> she's a – Mariano's mom is a um, – Panam, uh, Panamanian descent. So uh, Mariano Rivera is Panamanian, and obviously she's from New York. He's a New York Yankee, and he's the greatest closer of all time. So I was like, you know, Mariano would be a really cool name if it's a boy. And then yeah, I, close, said, huh? I said, what if it's a girl? We can switch it out. And she tries not to give me credit for this one. I definitely came up with the name. I said, we could do Mariana. And I said, one end because if it's two ends, then people are going to say Mariana when it's yeah. Anna. I want it to be Mariana. And fun fact on that, that's that's how we came up with it. But yeah, the NFL, they don't have that. But Brady would be the first. If they did do that and they announced that, Brady would be 100%. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, Devin Might has made. Devin, bro, real quick, Devin Hester made two all decade teams. No fucking way. And he's the greatest special teams player <laughs> ever. 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 And then he's got he's got a couple of, you know, receiving. Hell, he had like four or 500 yards receiving one year with the Falcons. So he's I, got some years where he's got some yards to add on with that stuff. I can get not giving like Dante Hall into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I got it. One hit wonder kind of. But when you talk about the greatest return man ever. <laughs> Come on, man. But anyways, Brady, go away, dude. If you're going to retire, retire. Stop talking about some, well, you know, I feel good right now, but we'll see six months from now. Uh, then, you know, right before the Super Bowl, he, like, posts some little tweet or Instagram, like, oh, dang, I missed it. You know, I'm supposed to be here type shit. Then you see the uh, Matthew Stafford post where Matthew got the bottle of 1942. He's on stage slurring, not making any sense at all. <laughs> It's a good call. I mean, good call. I personally, I would have got a little bit better bottle than that, but you know. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, us, us normal people drink nineteen forty two. Uh, it's kind of harsh. Yeah, I the the Lobos extra Nejo is way smoother than the nineteen forty two. Once you get here, I got something even better for you. I got a nineteen forty two Ultima Reserve. Ultima Reserve up. Ooh. Now that is that is that is what tequila should taste like. That's the smoothest tequila I've ever had. It's also a thousand dollar bottle. So, like, you know what I mean? I mean, and Matthew Stafford can afford a thousand dollar bottle. Celebrate! That's what I'm saying. He should have had that shit. Because I was, I just went and got you a bottle of Lobos, the just regular Nejo to bring by the house, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, my normal parting gift, you know. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I appreciate that with some beers, you know, yeah. and, uh, Josh, which I I, I uh, listen to you guys. I didn't get to hear the whole thing, but I listened to a lot of it in the car, and then I obviously saw your clips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shouts to Josh. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, funny. <laughs> he, he, he was talking about Zion. Do you agree with his Ben Simmons take? Personally, hey, my Instagram, uh, my Instagram poll is rocking with him though. They're rocking with Russell over Ben Simmons. 
I'll take Ben. Yeah, me too. But anyways, back to Brady. Then Brady's talking about Matthew Stafford, drink water and all of this stuff. Tom, it's not your turn. Go away. Stop trying to grab headlines. You know, if LeBron did if Go LeBron did stuff, man. Yeah, please. <laughs> like if LeBron did some stuff like this, like while KD was winning a, a, a championship, we'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Like, stop. You lost. Right. Or when, or when Giannis won. Right. And come on, Tom, you and Matthew Stafford, y'all aren't boys like that. He's not in your class. Yeah. You know, Matt, Matt Stafford, and I hate to keep doing the Falcons thing. You know, him and Matt Ryan are really good friends, though. And that makes sense because Stafford probably has an Atlanta house. Yeah. Like they're, they're, like their wives are good. Like they're really good friends. And I think they both have twins, is what it is. But, okay. and NFL quarterbacks both named Matt. Even though what what did his wife say? It's Matthew, Matthew not, you, Matt. not Matt. <laughs> Mama named him Matt. I'm gonna call him Matt. <laughs> right, right. And everybody literally called. I guess they were saying Matthew Stafford at UGA. Yeah. Was, like when I when I just hear Brent Musburger saying it, he doesn't say Matt Stafford. He says Matthew Stafford. Like I'm just recalling back just just because Brent Musburger was calling the games then. Well, you know, Patrick uh, Nick Wright says that Patrick Mahomes doesn't like to be called Pat Mahomes as Patrick. But I hear a lot of people still say Patrick. I hear oh. that. And I guess you hear Matthew Stafford. You do hear – when you really play it back and you think of when you hear his name, you do, like nobody – like I think Matt's name is Matt Ryan. Like I don't think his name is Matthew. Maybe it is, but I've about, never heard anyone say Matthew Ryan. What like, about Delbert? What's his fucking name, Matt or Matthew? Del Delbert, isn't that Matt 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 uh Flowers nickname middle name? Oh, his name is Matthew, but of course we call him Matt. Uh, no, Matthew Thomas Ryan. If that's not the whitest name nope. I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> nobody fucking calls him Matthew Ryan. <laughs> Everybody calls Matt Matt or Matty. Yeah, Matty Ice. Don't, don't nobody call that nigga Matthew like. I remember getting a fucking twelve pack of Natty Ice to watch during the to drink during the Super Bowl because I was drinking Natty Ice for Matty Ice. Right. <laughs> that shit was awful. I gave it away. I know. How stupid was that? <laughs> After I drank the first one, I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" You should have. Uh, where were you at for that? You were, but you weren't here. I was in San Diego. I had uh, Eric Boyd and Reggie Jones over, and I kicked them out because I said, "Like they came over, we're cool." Uh, then they started making jokes. I was like, hey, look here, man. Y'all got one more joke or you got to go because I'm angry. Yeah, well, because let me tell you, I, and you know, I had everybody was at my dad's house because I was going to go to the game. Mm-hmm. I literally I, I booked the flight to Houston during the halftime of the NFC Championship. I bought my flight on Southwest round trip. And, you know, of course, with Southwest, you can cancel it, give you money back, credit, whatever. So, like, I bought that. Super Bowl tickets were really high, of course. But I was going to fly in for the game, and the, I'm going to be honest, and I, I would never do it again, and I typically don't because I go, I go places by myself all the time. The uh-huh. reason I didn't go to that game was because I didn't want to go by myself. And, like, I would totally – like, hindsight 2020, even the way it ended, I would have paid to go see that, even as a Falcons fan. I wish that I was there to see it. And, A, because it knocks off, you know, Super Bowl uh, – Bucket list. You know, yeah, it's a bucket list thing. But, of course, 
with the Falcons, it took them 18 years to get back. They've only been to two in their 54-year history. I don't know when they're going to get – if it takes them another 18 years, I looked at it and I was like, damn, you know, I'll be 40-something years old. Yeah, I'll be 50. I would have much rather have went at 22, 23. I I don't know, though, because going to, like, Super Bowl at 50, you know, or in our 40s, uh, when we're these, like, great – uh, then everybody's got the money to kind of do it if they really want to do it. Right. I didn't even have the money, but like I wanted to do it. Like I didn't mind spending it to do it. Like, and we're gonna be these great off the rail fucking media personalities who get to go do the fucking radio row bullshit, right? It's gonna well, hit so much different for us. Well, we'll already have been to one probably before then. Yeah, Just but I mean, like a Falcons. I ain't gonna lie to you. I see us in less than ten years on Radio Row, man. I'm. I, that's how I feel. Yeah, no, I'm, hey, <laughs> you said you said that's on Blackfield, huh? No, it sounded like you said that's on Blackfield. No, I said that's how good I feel. Oh, I was about to say. Well, right, right, right. Well, I was thinking you were, you know, now I'm getting into gambling references. Nonetheless, hey, so let's talk about uh, Matthew Stafford uh, paying the camera lady back. <laughs> so you call Matthew. Man. Matthew. I mean, Matthew came under fire because a lady with a camera took a picture and then she fell. And he looked at her and was like, that's none of my business. And he turned around. And uh, he, he caught a lot of hell on social media because it came out that the lady ended up like um, fracturing her spine. And they're like, how could he just walk away? For one, he didn't know what was going on. Two, he was drunk. And three, what the fuck is he supposed to do? Can't do nothing about that, boss. Because him touching her will probably make it worse. And then he becomes liable. His wife right there. Yeah. yeah. Now you got to deal with his wife being pissed off. Right. But if he touches her and, she, and something happens, he now becomes liable. And he's not only paying for medical expenses, he's paying for pain and suffering and all this other extra stuff. But he did do the right thing with his $200 million ass and did pay for her medical expenses and a new camera. Good call by him because the optics of it certainly didn't look good. I don't think that anyone was really going to just chastise him over it because especially anyone that watched his speech knows how fucking drunk he was. I didn't realize how country he is. I know he's from Dallas, but he's he's a country bumpkin, ain't he? Yeah, because I, I, you never hear him talk. You don't. He's But even in interviews after games, he doesn't sound like that. Like, he sounded country as shit. <laughs> Well, when you get drunk, you know your natural accent comes out. You can't really just mask shit and you right. start, you know, that's and you're that's, slurring. Yeah. And yeah. we've all slurred before. So yeah. you know, like when yeah. you're slurring, you sure. there's some shit that you'll say when you're slurring that you'd never say like on a normal day. Right. Like you got Josh Holy voice. Josh, you know, Josh is natural. Slur is really a snore sleeping on the couch because that's at that point he gets to that point. He doesn't even get to make it to really start having convo. He just kind of just goes away, you know. <laughs> he does. He does. What's I mean, worse, I mean, Josh? But I, at the end of the day, I mean, he knows it. I yeah. know it. You know it. The we, locker room knows it. We, we all know it. I mean, whoever you want to bring into this, bro. We all know. I knows it. Yeah. <laughs> 
we all know like everybody's like defining like drunk like behavior. Yeah. Except for Boink. I don't really know what Boink does when he's drunk because you know, Boink's probably one of the better people. And you know, I don't know if he got in there. We need to see that Uber score. Yeah, we do. I, I didn't see I didn't see his. I didn't see his. Everybody thinks he's got a five star that he'll outdo mine. Oh, and I guess Justice, we're gonna count his. Well, I guess we gotta count it. But that he'll outdo, he'll be in the four and over a four nine. You know, Boyd gets a lot of credit for being for being like the best, the best type of guy, you know. Yeah. No, no shade at Boink. I love Boink. I mean, nah, yeah. fucking wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone that's hung out with Boink. Yeah. I mean, what's scarier? Josh dragging his feet or Dale's gaze? Dale's gaze. <laughs> Dale's gaze because Dale will fight anyone. Oh, I'm aware. Josh, at least you just got to make sure you kind of keep him like in your eye sight just to make sure, you know, he's all right. He's not calling somebody something that he shouldn't. <laughs> stuff like that, you know. And I wasn't even at the Juicy J concert with them because it was my birthday. And I wanted to that. send it. Well, they went to the Juicy J concert. I wanted to spend it with my mom because I knew that she was kind of dying. And so, like, but they went and Josh is the one that started off that fight that they got into. Okay. So, you know, you just got to keep an eye on Josh. With Dale, Dale's going to be barefoot and kind of just and kind of turning into, you know, going from, from Bruce Banner to Hulk on, like, you know, out of nowhere. Like, it's just like, all right, Dale. Like, oh, yeah, like a caveman dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll never forget that that nigga walking around with no socks on. <laughs> like that was not on the beach. Right? Right on the beach. This was in San Diego. Yeah, like on, on the concrete. Yes. And we I know we stopped at a spot that Josh was like, let's get a burrito from here. He's like, California burrito with fries. Like he kept just trying to tell me that shit. I'm like, <laughs> all right, whatever. And this guy Dale is just walking around like that. Then I, me and Justice had got into it, and then Dale's like sticking up for Justice, like, and I'm like, Dale, I'm like, Dale, I'll whoop your ass too. Like, <laughs> like bro, I, don't care, I don't care if you lift more and you be like, you're a little bit. I still whoop your ass too, like, and so. But everybody um, also knows that when you and Justice argue, it's like y'all are brothers. Like, yeah, it, and we've done it so many times, and more importantly, we don't put our hands on each other anymore. I've already fought him enough, like you know, I don't have to do that anymore. You know, we can be mad as fuck at each other. And act like we're not going to talk to each other. And then we're going to talk to each other. Like, I mean, this is what brothers do, literally. I mean, so, but no, D Dale's gaze for sure. Question, what the hell do I do when I get blackout? Well, when you were here <laughs> and you passed out here, I think, I, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think that you took a piss in here. And I say that because... She said something about even though either that or you got up and you sleepwalk one or the other. You might have not taken a piss because I would have known what that smelled like. But Mariana's uh, thing was wet. And we were like, well, there wasn't a leak or anything, was there? So I have no idea, like, what you did. But it's some, something wet was over there. But it, now that I think about it, it couldn't have been pissed because it didn't smell like piss. Unless your piss is like water, but no, no, that day it was not like water. And then you also, because you said, I know where you were. You were sleeping on the couch over here. Oh yeah, I went to sleep on one. Couch. I know that you got up. I know that you got up. I went to sleep on one couch and woke up on another couch and was right. Super confused. 
Right. Well, and then Justice says, well, and you were you weren't you weren't being overly aggressive or anything like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, we uh, want to get her on the show, of course. And that's what we were talking about, trying to get her on the show, get her Twitter sports insight. Yeah, absolutely. You she's know. really plugged in like that. Plugged like, in, I, you know. I, she was at the Super Bowl. I know she was out in L.A., but she might have went to the fucking game. Wouldn't be shocked, man. She was uh, up there sitting with Maria Taylor and Ellie Duncan and um, Taylor Rooks. No dog took them. Hey. Hey, man. Uh, let's talk about somebody who apparently isn't a dog. <laughs> and that's Kyler. Uh, Kitty Cat Kyler. Um, and I, I think that if they don't get this figured out in, in Arizona, uh, they're going to, the killer K's are going to be killed, you know? They're going to turn into the KKK. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I, you know be openly open about that. You know? No, yeah. The KKK is not accepted many places, but apparently in Arizona, Kyler Cliff and Steve Kime, uh, are there and Kyler? You know, there was some damning words that came out about Kyler. Scrubbing his Instagram, he scrubbed his Instagram. Then we see, and we see, you know, what's crazy. We've seen this story before. We've we've seen players do this, and you know what happens? They're gone. And you know, apparently, they said he's he's immature. He's a first, he's a last guy in, first guy out type of person, finger pointer, doesn't take a lot of uh, accountability for his actions. And I mean, he gives me prima donna vibes. Uh, I mean, just think about it. He was a he's a top 10 prospect in baseball and football coming out of college. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can say to somebody like that, you know, because they are so accomplished and they're so good at what they do. Most times when his team's lost, it wasn't his fault. You know, it gets back to going through hard times. This man, what, hasn't lost a football game in the state of Texas? He's regarded as the best Texas high school football player ever. And that's with, you know, almost almost a quarter of the league are Texas football players. You know? so when you look at that, I can kind of understand um, some of it, but at the at the same time, you're a quarterback. You have to kind of step up, and I think the signing of AJ Green and JJ Watt are so evident of his lack of maturity because Kyle he's a real leader. Up. Especially they lost Fitzgerald too. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry. They well, lost shit. Fitzgerald, and that should speak to that should speak to something because why the hell would Fitzgerald leave? And 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 Fitz, especially the way that Fitz left the game, he never officially retired. Mm-mm. It was just more of a, well, are you going to come back? And now it's just assumed. And then the thought was, too, well, Fitz, you know, Fitz is from Minnesota, and he was a ball boy for the Vikings as a kid. Yeah. And they had Randy Cunningham, Moss. Chris Carter, and Randy Moss. Um, he told a story about how uh, that 98 season for them, um, you know, he was there or whatever. And so the thought was that maybe he could go there because you go with Thielen, Jefferson. That would have yeah. been that would have even at his old ass age, that would have been nice. I mean, yeah, he he can get he can work it in the slot. Yeah. And he's OG. Yeah, yeah. And so, but yes, no, that does speak to kind of, you know, and you don't you've never heard Larry Fitzgerald come out. He doesn't nothing he doesn't necessarily trash Kyler, but mm-hmm. like 
I've never just heard him come out and say, man, he's a he's a brilliant player. He's a hard worker. No, you don't you don't hear these things about Kyler. No. You know, you hear about how Kyler originally was gonna be in Oakland A, um, soon to be Las Vegas A's. Um, but you never hear, you know, that's when I think of Kyler, I think of that. Yeah, I mean, he fi- I, I want to say he fired his agent too. Um, and it was kind of weird. Uh, I'm not hurting his end, honestly, because he could stand to win way more money as a quarterback than he ever would have as an outfielder, shortstop. Yeah. And the people who are trying to say that he walked away from baseball money, they don't understand how baseball money works. Because for one, you got to be in the majors for six years before you get a real deal, unless you're absolutely amazing. And they back up that brink truck before you, before arbitration. Even if he doesn't get the $40 million standard, the new quarterback money, if somebody gave him 25, he still makes out better with yeah. that. The only thing that's bad about the NFL versus baseball, he's got a higher percentage of getting CTE and just serious injuries. But outside of that, I mean. He's a quarterback yeah. in today's game, so that's even uh, uh, minimized uh, more so than it was 10 years ago. But so if this Kyler Murray thing doesn't work and they have to move off of Kyler Murray, and there you go, back-to-back quarterbacks that you drafted in less than a five-year span, Steve, uh, Steve Kime, don't work, or in a five-year span, actually. You he, you can't keep your job. And, I mean, they no. hired Cliff just for Kyler. So Cliff might be going even with Kyler. Uh, what is, Are the Arizona Cardinals a fucking tire fire? <laughs> No, I mean, you got to think about it. They have made strides every year. They, yeah. up until the last game of the season last year, they could have made the playoffs. They just needed to beat the Rams with their backup quarterback, But which is where my questions about Kyler came in. Because how do you dress out and sit on the sideline? And basically, you're saying you really can't go, but you will in an absolute emergency. And then when your team's down, I forgot how much they were down. They might have been down 10 or eight, it would have been a weird number, nine, some shit like that, maybe even six or five. Then you step into the game, and it's almost like you're coming in to play hero ball or something like that. Like, you're going to be – I'm the savior. Like, you know what I mean? But you're supposed to be protected. I guess it was a hamstring or something like that. And, like, why didn't you just start the game and go until you couldn't? What was was the point of sitting – do like street clothes did in the playoffs against the Suns. We knew AD couldn't play. He was like, you know what? I'm going to try. Him and and think about KD, too. Oh, yeah. KD, when he, when he people, forget, people forget KD sat out a whole year with the Nets because of that shit he did in the NBA Finals with the Warriors. He, he had missed games going into that game five. He suited up game five, was crushing the Raptors. Bro, he came out. He had like 12 points in the first quarter. Was hurt by the start of the second, and it was it. He was in there. Yeah, he, he but he was, bro. He was, but I remember. Yeah, yeah I, I remember, remember him busting ass. Yeah, I was at VJ house, and I'm like, oh shit, what KD about to over with? Yeah, and so with a guy like Kyler, though, it just it's it it does strike you as man. He does seem kind of like he could be a selfish dude, and this is a dude that's been the man his entire life. So like, even in the NFL. Short dude, yeah, he's a runner. Yeah, he, he you know, he's got an arm. He can throw. Like, you know, obviously he's a multi-talented athlete. If you're drafted in the top ten in baseball, you got to be fucked. 
he's a hell of an athlete. Yeah, he can probably so hoop too. Now he, yeah, he right, he probably can even at that high. He could probably shoot his ass off or something, or he's just really good at court vision or some shit. Like he can play good point. first step. Let's go with that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, fucking Earl Boykin. But um, no, no, no. My, I guess my point in saying that is that I think that he's doing this all to get that leverage. Um, they hired Cliff for him. I that's why they hired Cliff. They hired Cliff because they knew they were going to draft him. Right. And you know, Kime. Where did Kime come from? Uh, I don't know. Keep talking. I'll look it up, though. Yeah, they, you bring in Kime. I think it's going to make a lot depending on where he came from. I want to say Kime's been there for a minute, though, because I want to oh, think he was just a a a, a, a guy that got a, a promotion within. Uh, he took the job in January 2013, so he was there um, for a long He's been time. The GM that long. Yeah, and he's been with the organization since 14, so he was there so, for Carson Palmer years. So, all right, so that's what I was about to say. So that Carson Palmer bought him some time. Um, yeah. but he's been so he's been with with the Cardinals since '99. So he's a Cardinals lifer. Jake the Snake days, baby. <laughs> Plumber boy, you know you know Jake Plumber played Tom Brady in an AFC Championship as the Broncos co- uh, quarterback with Mike Shanahan as coach. And Mike Shanahan somehow is not in the in the Hall of Fame, and Dick Vermeil is. Get the fuck out of here, Jake Plummer, Jake Plummer, man, Jake fucking Plummer. Hey, yo, fix some pipes, Jake. Right. Look, I'm sorry, I had to take a bite. Out of I just know if I'm the owner and this Kyler thing doesn't work out, even if we get Deshaun Watson, Kime, you got to go, bro. I'm sorry. I know I know you since you were a young boy. We raised you up in this organization, but. I don't know if I want somebody who's been in my organization since 99 still there because the Cardinals aren't the, aren't the Ravens. You know what I mean? Like it's different if you're the Ravens who are. That that is such an organization that does that kind of thing. Like they do their thing a certain way. And that's the way that they're going to do it. I like them, the Steelers, the the Steelers, like, like, you need to grow up in those organizations in order to lead that organization because they're going to do business the way that, way that they do business. But the, come on, man, the Cardinals, they're, they're, that's not championship pedigree. No, it isn't. It isn't. Matter of fact, before that Super Bowl, they really were like the losing this, like even over the lines, they were like the losing this franchise. Bro, when you were a kid playing Madden, you go pick your favorite team and you play against the Cardinals. They tried to sign an old, worn-down uh, Emmett Smith. Yeah. They signed an old, worn-down Kurt Warner, and then he fucking turned back into <laughs> Kurt Warner. Yeah. An old, worn-down Carson Palmer who turned back into Carson Palmer. But I, I just think you got to get rid of the KKK, man, and that's Kyler, that's Cliff, and that's Kine. Because if Kyler is this type of person, and we got to bring veterans around him to elevate his leadership – I don't want I don't want you running my franchise. Get the hell out of here, Kyler Murray. Me neither. Cliff, you're just not a good coach. Sorry. And Steve Kime, you have been the one who's who's made these plays. And sometimes you just gotta cut the head off the snake, man. You sometimes people get fired just because. Unless it's Atlanta and we're talking about Rich McKay. Right. <laughs> like, well, Rich Rich is a lifer. He's a football lifer, so he's a Falcon lifer. Under I mean, let's tie it into Georgia, right? 
Mark Rick just eventually had to get fired, man. Like Mark Rick did not do anything that was terribly fire worthy. He was running a good program. Ten wins, pretty much every year, guaranteed New Year's Day Bowl. Yeah, we were were on the maybe on the he had the one year that one stinker where they played in like the I don't know, like that was the Jesus Bowl or some shit. That's the year that Stafford them started the season at number one, and we just shit the bed. No, I'm talking about one year he went six and six, and they played like they played on like December like 24th. So like that's the year they played in like the Birmingham Bowl. That was the one year, but the Stafford, even the Stafford year, they went like nine and three. It wasn't like they were just, they just were underwhelming. You know, we, we would lose to Florida, South Carolina, or, or some team that we weren't supposed but to. But you lose. could always guarantee them getting in the Outback Bowl, you know, <laughs> yeah. the Bowl, or obviously the Sugar Bowl. Um, yeah. But at some know, point, it was a lot. It was a lot that they were playing on Chick fil A Bowl. Back before it was a good bowl, because you remember it wasn't always it wasn't what it is now. It was a New Year's Eve bowl. It was, but it was it was like uh, it was it was a Clemson bowl. Fun, fun story. Yes, it was because Clemson played in that game a lot. <laughs> but you know, people consider Georgia and Clemson almost the same programs we, in the we, sense yeah, of we are. And but you know, it's funny. I went to uh, Johnny Manziel's last game, and it was the Chick Fil A bowl because obviously it's here. And they played against Clemson. No, Duke. Duke. They played Duke, yeah, crazy. Because so, David Cutcliffe was was the coach of Duke. I don't know if he is anymore. Not, not anymore. I don't remember who was there. That was that was New Year's twenty thirteen to fourteen, right? New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Your junior year. I was in college, yeah, for sure. So here, funny story about that game, right? Boink's cousin. Boink's cousin. Uh, yeah, I'm getting yours. Yeah, but Boink's cousin uh, was once two change manager, right? Johnny Football is wanting to kick it with two chains after the game. Boink's cousin reaches out to Boink about New Year's party, like, hey, we're going to be here while they block come through. Boink's fucking 20 and doesn't want to, like, push the underage envelope. Right. I'm like, Boink, if you're coming in with two chains' party because of his manager, who is your first cousin, whose last name you share, I'm pretty sure. Especially at 20. It ain't like you like 16. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not worried about your ID, man. And if they are, this is Atlanta, bro. We can finish this at the door. You know what's you know what's crazy, too? Uh, when you tell a story like that, <laughs> it's so wild. I, Justice uh, once, he was 16. Okay. I think I was 19. No, 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 no. Because I'm only – actually, he would turn – Okay, so I might have been 18, and he was 16. We once, for one of his buddies in high school, went to Onyx. No, we went to Kamal 21. Our First Kamal ship I ever went to. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> tell me why we got up there. I gave him a fake ID, of course. I got in. That fake ID I used, Boink said it was somebody he went to church with. <laughs> I started at the drinking Olympics my sophomore year, and – I used it ever since. I didn't look shit like it either. But the height was a little bit on with me, and it was about 25 pounds heavier than me. But nonetheless, and the dude had a beard, so I guess maybe you could look at I don't know. I was getting by with that shit. It's so crazy. I, I had it for a long time. But Boink used my ID one time in Athens, and it worked. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not really checking. And so 
except for they took it from me at the time of the creator concert. They fucking checked that day. And nonetheless, so we go to Kamal 21. This guy, Justice, really pulls out his actual ID and gives it to him. And the fucking security dude laughed and was like, y'all get out of here, man. <laughs> like, he's like, get, get the fuck out of here before I call the police. Like, and he's like, you know, this big, light-skinned... Black no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I know Atlanta strip club security. Yeah, and so, like, <laughs> it's just a funny story to bring up because Justice was so fucking... Con- and, you know, look, niggas still look kind of young. Like, yeah. you know, but that nigga look. We were... I didn't have no facial hair. He didn't have no facial hair. Like, niggas looked young as fuck. We're skinny, frail, like, and this nigga really gave him his actual ID. It's, you know how with Georgia has the under eighteen or yeah, or it, it the shit's on the ID, like it says, right. like and you're, and you're straight up and down. Yeah, it might as well be a fucking permit. I mean, like, you know what I mean? It ain't even a driver's license at that point, like. But you know, at our old liquor store, which I won't say oh, their name, man, give me niggas. We could just pass. We could pass our under twenty one IDs, and no one cares. Well, I didn't give them no fucking. After a minute, we stopped giving them ID all together. They well, just knew who we were. Well, before y'all got there, I never gave ID. What I would do is, I used to go with uh, Cam because you know Cam had the beard, thick beard. Yeah, Cam looks old. Yeah, he looks he looks the same today, but he looked. Point is, if he's thirty today, he looked the same in eighteen. Right. So then, after they got to know my face with Cam. What I learned was if you put your cash up there first, you're not asking questions. So I'd always put my cash up first. And, bro, I got more hell trying to buy booze after, like right after I turned 21 uh, than I did when I was under 21. Because I had the, I had the old, like my ID's always been sideways, right? I never had the up and down one. But I had an under 21 ID. And I remember uh, a, a spot on 10th wouldn't sell me a fucking 40 ounce because my ID said under 21. I go, yeah, but I'm 21. I'll be 22 in like a month, bro. What, one thing I've noticed too, when it comes to ordering alcohol, if you go out and you know exactly what you want, like, and you're not like ordering something basic. Like for me, if I get a mixed drink of some sort, I get, you know, um, I get a whiskey mule. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find very many people under 21 ordering something like that. And then no. uh, even if let's say I want to get, you know, my whistle pig, I don't ask them what whiskeys do you have? I say, you guys got whistle pig. Yeah. As opposed to saying, what whiskeys do you have? Because then it sounds like I don't know what I want, but if I come in and I tell them exactly what I want, they're going to know that I've been drinking it before. And therefore I'm fucking 21. Yeah. And and I'm also not asking them if they have Jack Daniels. Because of course they have fucking Jack Daniels. <laughs> right. Like, is, do you have whistle pig? You know? Right. I, used to, I used to go, hey, let me get an old fashioned with Woodford. And if you have the double oak, let me go double oak, right? Exactly. And nobody's gonna question you. They're not gonna say, no. Can I see some ID? They like, would never ask you that. Because I, you're too specific. Like, bro, I'll order a fucking I'll order a fucking uh old fashioned hooters. And it's like, we don't make these here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get the part of your surroundings. <laughs> hey, man, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I'm literally going to see you in 24 hours. Um, NFL-wise, I think we're good. But even though it's an NFL show. Come on. You got some basketball for me. You got some. I do. I want to give some picks for the All-Star break. 
hold on. Let me see if they've got before you put that up on there and we start, you know, for the clip. Let me just check real quick if there's if I can get like the who's in the three point shootout. Who's in the dunk contest? I think I know the dunk contest is is Obi Toppin, Jalen Green, um, uh, Cole Anthony. Here, here, here. They do have it up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Three point shootout. Okay. Uh, I want to do. I'm. A, I want to do a six pack. Okay. Uh, it's Jalen Green, Obi Toppin, Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Interesting. Man, why the fuck can't Ja Morant get in the dunk contest? Because now Ja Morant is on a what a top four seed. I don't give a shit, man. He's an all-star star, and rightfully so. Like I was gonna be pissed if Luca was starting over him. But going on Luca. Why, why? Why is it that that he can't? I, I, I He's LeBron. Met, you know, LeBron messed up. LeBron, honestly, if LeBron's a real LeBron, really should have did it this year because it was in Cleveland. Just to, we've never seen it. Michael did it. Kobe did it. Nigga, get yeah. your ass out there. Even at, in year 18, we know you got the bunnies. Once LeBron didn't do it, uh, the other good players are like, shit, LeBron didn't do it. I ain't got to do it. Like, this was supposed to be the year of Ja and Zion in the uh, dunk contest, but Zion, that's a conversation for another day. I don't know if he is going to dunk a basketball ever again in the NBA. No, probably not. Let me see. I'm trying to pick out a person. Jalen Green. Oof. Man, I don't even know who picked for the dunk contest. Because Jalen Green and Cole Anthony are like guards. Jalen Green's the favorite on here. Jalen Green's Jalen Green has crazy bounce, and I think Jalen and Cole's dunks are gonna look the best. Well, and I'm just trying to think. Cole was at UNC. I just don't ever remember him doing nothing silly. Uh, no, I, I don't either, but I, I saw him catch a body or two since he's been in Orlando. So it's like he, he probably can do the full dunk package, but game game time, what, it just doesn't make sense. What do you think of this three-point shootout list? So it's Trey Young, Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, Fred Van Vliet, Desmond Bain, who's been having a great season with Memphis, C.J. McCollum, and Cat. Cat. Yeah, Cat. It can't. All Anthony Towns is in the three-point shootout. He's plus a thousand. He's got the longest odds. I like CJ or um Trey, Trey doesn't strike. Trey is such a off the dribble three-point yeah. shooter. He's a great three-point shooter, but he's a off, he's not a catch and shoot guy. And he's also and he's the favorite. And, plus four fifty. And his percentage isn't as good as you think it is because Trey makes a lot of timely threes and he shoots a lot of bad threes. Which maybe like it works Kennard. out in his favor. I like Luke Kennard. He is a catch and shoot guy. Yeah, and, and eight I mean, plus five hundred. Here, I'm I'm literally putting it together. Hold on, hold on, I'm putting it together. I mean, you know, keep talking, but I'm putting it together. Uh, no, this is good because honestly, this pod is more like what the pods are going to be like in the future. It's going to be way more, it's way less structured, way more shooting the shit, to, like interweaving our what's like life on, What's going on this past weekend, pop like? Think about it, we could have been talking about the Kanye thing. Kanye and Skeet. And how we yeah, man. Kanye's a fool, man. But that's why you gotta watch. Even man, let me tell you, that brother is an inspiration at the end of the day. He really is. And it, I, guess, bro, I mean, I might be a little biased. Miles Garrett is in the celebrity basketball game. Yeah, I'm surprised the Browns are letting it happen. 
And I'm really surprised. Yeah. He's not this contract that's allowing it. They have, they have odds on the all-star celebrity MVP. And Quavo's got the best odds. Who else is in it that probably might know how to play basketball? I mean, I don't know. Jack Harlow doesn't strike me as a good basketball player. Miles Garrett is second in MVP odds. No, nah, Jack Harlow can hoop. Okay. I want to oh, say he was like a high school. On, hold on now. Is At Kevin plus 1,400, they got Booby Gibson. Nigga, Booby Gibson's going to win MVP. The nigga that played in the NBA is going to win MVP. Yeah, that played Booby for the Cavaliers and you're in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah That's who I'm going to pick. He's going to shoot nothing but threes the entire game. And bust their ass. So let's see. I guess I'll do that one. I got to pick some out of the dunk contest. I like Jalen Green. I'm going to take, take it, but I, I see. I got three point. I got all star MVP, dunk, three point, uh, all star MVP. And then I'll do the over. I'll do the over under in the actual game itself. Over? The over under, yeah. Team Durant. Yeah, LeBron's team is way better. Wow. Hey, crazy thing over, like, they got the over-under at fucking 320 and a half. I mean, I guess that's not that high because – What's that, 160? 160 each. You said that sounds about right, yeah. yeah. But, but when you see that number, it's also a little – Are they doing the Kobe rule? Again, I, whereas the last quarter is 24? I don't, I don't remember. Hey, how about this, man? This uh, while since we've been recording, this guy just sent me a uh, a team down by three, uh, buzzer beater walk off and one because a dude reaches when he shoots from what like team? behind half court. Do you know the game? It's high. It's high school. Oh, yeah. It's like local Bartow County High School. And That's dude, foul, like dude, like goes to foul and why he's just flinging up a half court shot. He makes it, and then he he sinks the free throw, and they win. This is like region tournament shit. So like, it's a game that matters, idiot. That's fucking crazy. It is. That's fucking crazy as shit. I'd be ooh boy. That's how people get upset. I'm telling you. But um, but either way, I'm ready when you are for the all um, right. All star picks, baby. Yeah, we're really you're really giving out all-star picks. Hey, hey. I'm ready where you are, man. Here, start the recording now for the for the actual put now. Start it. I thought you were gonna bring me in and say what I was doing. Oh, so oh okay. The IG clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let, 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 okay, we'll, we'll go back to Big Baby and Friends podcast. So, bro, Parley Pete. Yes, you, you do a lot of great things. And a lot of great things on this podcast, but you're giving us all star picks. I don't know if I should be like grateful or if I should be worried about you. Why not? I know that everybody's got a gambling hunch, and this is the first week that we won't have NFL, and we're not going to be able to do basketball because they typically don't drop the picks until you know, yeah. like the next. Yeah, so we we could never really do that. I mean, I. They don't drop picks for that, but because we've got the all-star stuff already here, we can do it. So why not? Fuck it. Let's do it. Let me get my, my pickle back going and prepare for this ridiculous ass all-star six pack I'm about to give. Shit, it's not 15. I haven't even ate dinner yet. What a night. 
I made myself some chili, but nonetheless. <laughs> All right, to get this uh, six pack started, let's go ahead and hmm, we'll start with the celebrity all-star game. Um, plenty of options here that you could choose from, but I like the sure thing, and I don't understand why his odds are so low. Give me Booby Gibson at plus 1,400 uh, for the Celebrity All-Star game. Just don't understand how, with the game being in Cleveland and him being a former NBA player, why Quavo would be eight times more likely to win the MVP. I, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. So give me Booby Gibson, a.k.a. Daniel Booby Gibson, you know, one of LeBron's former lackeys on – that 07 Cavs team that got swept by the Spurs. Yeah, Keisha Cole's ex-husband. Yeah, yeah, and right, and and Keisha Cole's ex-husband. Yeah, but Booby was winning. He was, he was. All right, and now let's get to you know they, I noticed that they didn't have the skills competition on here, but nonetheless, um, let's get to the three-point shootout happens first. So for the three-point shootout, I've got Luke Kennard winning at plus five hundred. He is probably the best. Um, catch and shoot three point shooter in it. Trey Young is the favorite. Uh, there's many other guys that can shoot. Fred Van Vliet, uh, Patty, yeah, yeah. Uh, Patty Mills is like second in odds. There's a lot of good three point shooters, but Luke Kennard just seems like the nice underdog that, that they should have in it. So we're gonna go with Luke Kennard. Um, next we'll do the slam dunk contest, honestly. I just got to go based on what I remember. And for me, I'm going to take Obi Toppin at plus uh, 175. And I, I say that because Obi does have bounce. And I remember him doing it at Dayton, too. Like, in-game, he would do, like, between the legs and shit like that. Yeah, he was an ignorant nigga. And I don't know. It's just hard for me to kind of take any of these other guys because this is the one person I know I've seen have bounce. So, and he's got the second-best odds at plus 175. But give me Obi Toppin. Next, we're going to get to the All-Star game itself. Anyone that saw the draft on TNT and Kevin Durant basically taking Rudy Gobert over James Harden, who's not even going to play in the game um, because he's hurt. And got replaced by a better big man than uh, Rudy Gobert, for being honest. Give me Jared Allen all day. Yeah, well, they added another Cleveland guy. Man, shouts out to Colin. I know – He's happy for those guys, but I still hate it for him because this was his year to make the All-Star game himself, being the leading scorer of the Cavs the last three years. But um, nonetheless, um, which I might head there Saturday. Wouldn't be shocked? Just for a little day because I wouldn't stay there Sunday depending on what this drive situation – I'll figure that out later. But nonetheless – uh, Team LeBron is stacked. They are just much better. Let me see if I can pull up the roster just so I can kind of break down even just quickly why Team LeBron is so much fucking better than uh, Team Durant. First of all, we'll start with the names that are on it. Team Durant versus Team LeBron. Kevin Durant's not even playing. So – with that being said, I mean, that that in itself kind of gives it away. And then let's not forget that this All-Star game is in Cleveland, Ohio. LeBron going to show out. He ain't, yeah, he ain't looking LeBron, around. It's LeBron's homecoming. He probably wants to win MVP. I think that will be his third. 
Talk, I'll look it up. Maybe fourth. And obviously, you know, now they've named the MVP award after Kobe or whatever. But nonetheless, Team LeBron's definitely going to get it done. So we're going to roll with Team LeBron. And then they have the over-under set at 320 and a half. 320 and a half. So last year, I actually won a ton of money betting on this. I know that it sounds crazy, but I really did. I took the over in it. James Harden ended it. He's got three. So he would tie Kobe, I think, if he won this year, which we know that at the end of the day, as much as people are like, yeah, LeBron's chasing Jordan, he's still chasing Kobe too in reality. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah, he's a Laker. You know, look, there's a lot of stuff we can get into. We'll get, we're going to do our basketball podcast. but And I know how you feel about Mr. James. And good win for them last night too, by the way, coming back and beating the Jazz. Good win. Cheers. Yeah, somebody had to put on their street clothes halfway through the game. And we got and see, we got to get more in depth with that too. And maybe we can talk about that off air. But nonetheless, I'm going to shockingly go with the under 320 and a half because I believe that this game is under that same Kobe rule where 24 points from what whoever, whichever team is leading, or if it's tied, obviously 24 additional points is what it is. I actually don't see both teams get into it. And I, we know that it's a glorified pickup game until know. the end. Until the end, until that fourth quarter. And that's why I'm going to take the under. Because I do think that there's going to be a little bit of pride on the line. And at the end of the day, it's just like anyone showing up to any, you know, park to play, gym, or whatever. When it comes down to that, the end of that game, you want to show, like, I'm really the best. Like, because you're never going to have that collection of talent on the court ever. Even in a – Well, they'll have, they have it uh, uh, at UCLA. The on one team. Yeah, they'll have it at UCLA, but there won't be any cameras in there. Yeah, or if they're playing in the summer and they're really getting down and, like, they're talking shit and stuff. But this is as close as we get to that, and that's why the end of All-Star Games are great. So I'm going to go ahead and take Team LeBron and the under 320 and a half. And then for my final selection, we're going to do MVP. And I know we just talked about Bron Bron being home, but, you know, there's one more person that's home too, and he's kind of been in a slump. And him and LeBron were born in the same hospital. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. I is got he on Steph- Team LeBron or is he on Team KD? He's on Team LeBron. Uh, good question. Honestly, I think he is on Team LeBron. Hey, you better double check that because if you're picking Team LeBron to win. Oh, you're right. Hold on, hold on. Yes, 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 yes. Can Let me I- make sure. If not, I'm going to switch it to uh, – I'm going to switch it to LeBron. <laughs> Let me see. Hold on. Let's get IT on that. Team LeBron. Okay. Give me Steph Curry. Steph Curry for MVP. I think that he's going to be just doing everything he can to shoot from half court, and he's just going to keep making them. Um, And plus, you know, he's got his understudy, as some people like to call it. He's got Trey Young guarding him. He's going to take that nigga to school. (laughs) I love Trey. I do. I I embrace Trey. Trey's Trey's honestly a – he's a – I don't think he even gets the respect he deserves just because he seems like a stat stuffer. But after taking us to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, it took the Hawks further than they've ever been. Because even though we had been in the Eastern Conference Finals, we didn't win a game. We did last year. We won two of them against the eventual NBA champions. And, took them, and took them further than Lucas taking his team. But that's a conversation for another day. And, and well, we traded Cam Reddish as well. Yeah, I don't understand that one. But I look, man, we got the bets. We got six bets, so I'll cut that clip up. We'll have that running for you, Brian. Plus 800 on that Steph Curry MVP, by the way. Plus what? 
800. I don't know. I'll write it down in the notes. All right, man. This was fun. Uh, We're going to end this broadcast so we can talk about this weekend. And I'll see you tomorrow, Parley Pete. Let's get it done. Salutations to my people.